It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Today's episode is brought to you by Built Bar. Go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKED15 and you'll get 15% off your next order. You are Locked On Panthers, your daily Carolina Panthers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It is a new day here for the Locked On Panthers podcast, a part of the Locked On Podcast Network. I am your brand new host, Julian Council, here to talk Panthers with you every day, Monday through Friday, 30 minutes, giving you what you need to know, Panther fans, when it comes to your Carolina Panthers. And I'm so excited to be here. For the people who do not know me, I am a Charlotte native, born and raised, grew up in Charlotte, grew up going to Panthers games for about a decade. There, I was at pretty much every single Panthers game that you could have been to. So I was fortunate enough to be sitting there in Section 119 with my dad for all those years, getting to see Jake DeLome come in against Jacksonville back in 2003 and hitting Ricky Prohl in the corner of the end zone in Week 1 and that comeback win against Jacksonville, going all the way to the end of that season where we actually went to the Super Bowl in Houston. I was there for the ups and downs, 1-15, Jake DeLome's, just struggles against Arizona in the playoffs. I've seen it all, and I'm so excited to be talking with y'all about the Carolina Panthers team in my hometown of Charlotte that I love, and a team that I know a lot of you love. And that's why you're here listening to this podcast. So I'm going to give it to you straight. I'm, I'm not going to try and sugarcoat things. I'm not going to be overly negative, but we have to understand this is an organization that has yet to have back-to-back winning seasons. So things aren't always rainbows and sunshine, but I am excited about what's going on with this Carolina Panthers front office. Now with Scott Bitter, the new GM, coming over from Seattle and what's been built in Seattle and hoping he can build that here in Carolina. I thought year one of Matt Rule, for the most part, went successfully. 5-11, and 11, that's fine. I know losing a lot of close games was frustrating for, to a lot of Panther fans out there, but I'm excited to see what they have built here. David Tepper is going to spare no expense. You already look at it in Rock Hill. It's a new practice facility he's going to have. And eventually, in Uptown Charlotte, I'm sure there will be a new stadium for the Carolina Panthers plan that will be state-of-the-art like you see in Los Angeles and down the road in Atlanta. So I am here to talk Carolina Panthers to you guys every day, and I'm so excited to have this opportunity and be able to give you my opinion of this team. Today, absolutely have to get into the blockbuster trade that we saw on Friday with San Francisco moving up and how that's going to impact Carolina in the draft and the Carolina Panthers' options potentially to get a quarterback. Is that still something on the table? And if it's not, what other options could the Carolina Panthers have? Also, they already have a quarterback who, a couple weeks ago, Matt Rule said that he's our guy. Teddy Bridgewater apparently is a Carolina Panthers guy as of right now. So will that be the case in a month when the draft happens? Will that be the case week one? And if it is, is it really all that bad for the Carolina Panthers considering all of the other needs that this team has to have Teddy Bridgewater be their starting quarterback in 2021. I'll talk about all that here. But first off, got to start off with what happened on Friday 
afternoon as Adam Schefter reported that the Dolphins were trading the number three overall pick to the San Francisco 49ers for the number 12 pick, a 2021 third round pick, and first round picks in 2022 and 2023. A blockbuster deal with massive ramifications for years to come for San Francisco and then potentially for Carolina. My first thought was, okay, number one pick, Jacksonville, we've known it for a while. We saw on Friday as Zach Wilson, the BYU quarterback in the top and one of the top-rated quarterback prospects in this 2021 draft. He had his pro day. Jacksonville, Urban Meyer, no one was there to go see him throw. So let you know right then and there, with the absence of Jacksonville brass in Provo, Utah, that they were taking Trevor Lawrence number one. Something we've always known since Jacksonville was able to get to number one pick. And really, whoever was going to have number one pick, we knew it was going to be Trevor Lawrence. So there it goes. Number two, with the Jets there looking enamored with Zach Wilson, likely Zach Wilson is going to be the second pick. So Trevor Lawrence and Zach Wilson were not going to be options for the Carolina Panthers, considering the New York Jets probably would rather have the rookie contract of Zach Wilson than having to pick up Sam Darnold's fifth-year option by May 3rd and then having only two years to figure out whether Sam Darnold is their guy or not. With Wilson... They have three years to figure out whether he's going to be the guy, and then they can have the decision to pick up his fifth-year option. So it makes a lot more sense for Joe Douglas, Robert Sala, and the New York Jets brass to go ahead and draft Zach Wilson number two. So now, with San Francisco moving up, with Jimmy Garoppolo still under contract for next season and having a pretty big cap hit, they look like a team that wants to go ahead and get their quarterback and identify their quarterback of the future, playing in a division that has Russell Wilson for the time being in Seattle, even though he hasn't been happy this past offseason with the way the Seahawks have managed him the last couple of years, not protecting him. And also you have to look down to Los Angeles where they traded Jared Goff to Detroit to bring in Matt Stafford, a trade that Carolina Panthers were in on but were not able to have the better assets and Stafford choosing to go to L.A. And then also down in Arizona, Kyler Murray. So that's a division that has some really good quarterbacks and San Francisco clearly saw that they needed to go upgrade and they are moving up to the draft. Now, who are they going to draft? I don't know. It could be Trey Lance considering he's a guy who's been an FCS quarterback who's only started 17 games all against FCS competition who might need a, a year to kind of redshirt and sit out before he becomes a starting quarterback. And the way things are set up with Jimmy Garoppolo, that would make a lot of sense if that happens. Now, what does Carolina do? Sitting at four is Atlanta. There's no way that the Atlanta Falcons in the NFC South are going to trade the Carolina Panthers' number four pick for the Panthers to potentially go get their franchise quarterback of the future. I just do not see that happening. If it happens, it would be amazing. It would also be a horrible start to his tenure for Terry Fontenot and Arthur Smith if they gave Carolina their pick and then the Panthers ended up getting their quarterback of the future and that quarterback went and tortured Atlanta for the years to come. So I do not see that happening now. Um, if anything, you have to hope, because sitting there at five also is Cincinnati. They already have a quarterback in Joe Burrow. They likely need a left tackle in Panay Sewell. Miami, who traded back, traded back up with the Philadelphia Eagles at six. They have Tua, so they're not going to take a quarterback. Detroit already has Jared Goff. So those four teams right there, with Atlanta sticking with Matt Ryan, doesn't preclude them from going out and drafting a quarterback, but you don't imagine they're going to go do that. Cincinnati already has their quarterback of the future. Miami hopes to have their quarterback of the future in Tua. And in Detroit, at least for the next couple of years, is going to have Jared Goff. I don't see them going out there and getting their quarterback of the future. You have to sit there and hope that either Fields or Lance drops. Now, Denver sitting at nine with Drew Locke. Are they 
sold on him? I don't know. If they aren't, they could try and trade up to number four. Because the thing about Atlanta is, if they see that they can get some assets and they can have another team like a Denver or New England trade up and they can screw the Panthers out of getting a Trey Lance or Justin Fields or whoever falls back there, they would absolutely do that. Because it helps them long-term not having to worry about the Panthers having that quarterback who could potentially bite them in the ass in the years to come. And it also helps the fact that they can bring an asset. So I think it's going to be extremely difficult for the Carolina Panthers to get a quarterback if they just sit at eight. I would like for them to sit at eight because I just think that the best thing for this organization to do right now is to just acquire as much talent as possible. And if anything, not to give away assets. Because those three first-round picks is what it took to go trade up for San Francisco. That's the same kind of number we were talking about when it comes to trading up for Deshaun Watson we're trading, Deshaun, trading for Deshaun Watson in Houston. Does it make a lot of sense for the Carolina Panthers to go out there and do that? I don't think so. I think there's other options that they have on the table and some options that I'm going to get into here in just a few moments. But first, let me tell you about our friends over at Bet Online. Bet Online, the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Football might be over, but the NBA, college basketball, and NHL are in full swing. Bet Online even covers awards, TV shows, and reality TV, real-time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. Bet Online has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. Promo code locked on. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Get all the sports news you need in under 20 minutes with the Locked On Today podcast. Host Peter Bukowski updates you on all the latest news in every major sport with the help of our local experts. Follow the Locked On Today podcast wherever you get your podcasts. Oh, also, guys, I'm new here, so what I'm going to need you to do is go to rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, on Spotify, and really wherever you get your podcasts from. I see the rating right now. we got to get that up. So give me some five stars if you like what you heard here today. And if you like me, make sure to also follow me on Twitter where I'm talking all Panthers. I'm talking really all things Charlotte sports. If you're a Charlotte sports fan and you listen to this podcast, go ahead and follow me on Twitter at Julian Council. So if the Carolina Panthers can't get a quarterback now at eight and they're not willing to trade up, what are the options for Carolina? As I already said, Trevor Lawrence was never going to be an option. Zach Wilson likely was not going to be an option either. Justin Fields... And Trey Lance, depending on who is left over after San Francisco, likely drafts quarterback at three. Who could be an option there at eight? What are the team's options? They can always trade out. And knowing what Seattle did a lot of times under John Snyder as their current GM and Scott Fitter there in that front office, oftentimes the Seahawks trade out of the first round. Now, oftentimes Seattle's is drafting in the 20s and 30s. So there's not a really a reason for them to stick there and get a guy in the first round. And we heard a couple weeks ago during his press conference prior to free agency where Scott Fitterer said that 
there really is not much of a difference once you get past about the 16 overall pick to where you're going into the second round. He feels like you get the same kind of quality of player, which is why at number eight, the Carolina Panthers can get a top quality player opposed to what might be there in the later part of the first round. So I don't know if trading out is the best option for this team. You can acquire assets, which certainly is important, but I think right now the Carolina Panthers need to be trying to get the best talent possible that's available to them. And I think that best talent available to them would be whoever is sitting there with an eighth overall pick. So trading out certainly is an option, not an option that I want to see them do. One other option that I've heard a lot of recently, especially with the Jets likely to take Zach Wilson number two overall, is the Carolina Panthers trading for Sam Darnold. And this is an interesting proposition. I saw Booker McFarlane of ESPN. He tweeted out, Jets take Wilson at two. Four quarterbacks go in the top four. Carolina on the clock at eight. Do you call the Jets and offer number eight for Darnold or take the fifth quarterback, whoever that is, at eight? For me, in that scenario, you do not give up the number eight overall pick to Sam Darnold. It doesn't make any sense to trade a first-round pick, especially a top-ten pick, for a quarterback who has already flamed out with his original team. And I'm not saying that it's 100% Sam Darnold. It's fault that he has not had success with the Jets because Adam Gase, the whole Johnson family, it's not necessarily the best organization in football, and the head coaching situation was among the worst in the league over the last couple seasons. I just look at Sam Darnold going back to his last year at USC and the amount of turnovers that he'd had, and I look at what he's done so far in the league with the Jets in his first three seasons. He's had flashes, but I don't think you've seen enough from him to make you feel like, yeah, let me give up the number eight pick to get that guy. And also, if they do trade for Sam Darnold, and I wouldn't trade the number eight overall pick, I would trade a fourth or a fifth round pick for Sam Darnold if that's what they want to do in this situation. I'd be, be fine with them doing that. The only question is, now, what happens to Teddy Bridgewater in that situation? This is a cash, This is a salary cap strap league right now. What team has the cap space to take on Teddy Bridgewater? Do the Jets have the cap space? Would they be willing to take on Teddy Bridgewater to be an expensive backup quarterback this season? Is there a third team out there? I can't imagine there's a third team in the NFL that would want to be a part of this trade just to take on Teddy Bridgewater's contract for this final season where he's owed $10 million guaranteed. I don't see that happening. And with that cap hit as well. So it would be intriguing if the Carolina Panthers try to get Sam Darnold. I just don't see how that's a better option than sitting there and taking, I mean, potentially the fifth quarterback in this draft, just considering that you get the rookie contract and it's your guy. Like, Is Sam Darnold someone that was highly thought of by Matt Rule and Scott Fitterer a couple years ago? Like, Especially Scott Fitterer, who made his earning his chops by being a college scout for Seattle. Did he highly rate Sam Darnold there with the Seahawks? I don't know. So it kind of comes down to what those guys feel about them. It also comes down to whether they think that they can, I guess, save Sam Darnold. He can be the franchise quarterback in Carolina. I'm not so sure that he would be that franchise quarterback for the Carolina Panthers. And also the same issue with the Jets not wanting Darnold because of the contract and having to pick up his fifth-year option by May 3rd. That's something the Carolina Panthers would have to do. The draft ends May 1st. If they traded for Darnold on draft night, you got two days. And I guess if you're going to trade for him, obviously you have to give him that fifth-year option. But again, like in New York, if they were to keep him, he has two seasons to prove that he's the guy. And are the Carolina Panthers in a situation where they want to see 
if they can save this former first-round pick and give him two years. Because if he doesn't work out, then you're right back there in 2023 looking to draft another quarterback. And I don't know if that's the best situation for this Panthers team. I don't necessarily want to just take the fifth quarterback and just take a quarterback just to take one. Like Mac Jones could be a guy who is there as a fifth quarterback. And there are some folks I've seen who think that Mac Jones might be who San Francisco is targeting. If that's what they want to do, fine. If it comes down to Fields or Lance being that fifth quarterback, I like both of those prospects. Fields more than Lance just because Fields playing, having played at Ohio State in the Big Ten, and I've seen what he's done against big-time competition. And I just don't know about Lance. Of course, you look at his raw ability, his athleticism, his arm strength. You can see that he could fit the mold of being a really good quarterback in the NFL. It's just the whole thing about it is the quarterbacks and drafting them, especially guys from the FCS, it's a crapshoot. You have no idea. And I'm not going to say because Carson Wentz struggled in Philadelphia the last couple of years that another North Dakota State quarterback can't have success because that's not the case at all. He can absolutely have success. It's just a guy I personally have not really seen a lot of because he plays in the FCS and during the fall. That's just not my focus on Saturdays when you have so many SEC games and big-time college football games going on in FBS. He could be good, but are you going to take a quarterback just to take a quarterback? And that's been my thing this whole time is if the Carolina Panthers see a quarterback that they like, go ahead and draft that quarterback. Go ahead and trade up for him if that's what you want to do. But don't just take a quarterback to take a quarterback because you feel like that's what you need to do. And Scott Fitter has said as much a couple weeks ago that a lot of the things that you see out there on Twitter and on social media, a lot of that's not real. So don't get caught up in what's going on there when it comes to social media. And he just kind of laughs at all the rumors that are out there when he just kind of doesn't understand where these rumors are coming from. So trading out, trading for Sam Darnold, sitting there and taking the fifth quarterback, all options, and it could potentially still be the fourth quarterback, depending on if Atlanta trades out. I can't see Cincinnati want to trade and not get Panay Sewell. The same thing with, with, I mean, Detroit, they're a team that potentially could trade out too. They've already acquired some decent assets from from Los Angeles in that trade that got that brought them Jared Goff and sent Matthew Stafford to Los Angeles, it just all comes down to what teams behind Carolina might want to be aggressive. And Denver is certainly a team that could be aggressive. Who knows about Philadelphia, um, New England. There are teams out there that could be aggressive that could try to jump the Carolina Panthers. But I think right now the best situation, and one of the options is to sit out there at eight and hope and pray that your quarterback of the future is still sitting there when you get there on draft night, sitting at the eighth overall pick. There's also another option for the Carolina Panthers, and it's Teddy Bridgewater. And really, would it be all that bad if Bridgewater is the Carolina Panthers starting quarterback come week one and the Panthers did not draft a quarterback in next month's draft? More on that in just a moment. We've been telling you about Built Bar, the best tasting protein bar on the market for a while now. Built Bar is the amazing low-calorie, low-sugar, high-protein, high-fiber, amazing-tasting protein bar with 100% chocolate on all bars. Now is the time to find out which Built Bar is the best. It's Built Bar Madness. Today's matchup is Caramel Brownie versus Coconut Brownie Chunk. And man, those both sound super good right now. I would honestly probably be a Caramel Brownie guy. I like Coconut but I would prefer kind of just the caramel and the brownie. That would be awesome, and I think that's got to be the one that absolutely wins. Uh, caramel brownie won their last ma- matchup against double chocolate. 
Yeah, I I'm definitely would be going with Caramel Brownie here for the Built Bar Madness Challenge. Go to BuiltBar.com or to at bar underscore built on Twitter. Remember to use the promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off your next order. That is LOCKED15 to get 15% off your next order at BuiltBar.com. And check back to see who won today's matchup and who will become the best tasting protein bar. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. The NFL Draft is weeks away. It's time to start following our Locked On NFL Draft duo. The Draft Dudes podcast watches every prospect so that you don't have to. And the Locked On NFL Draft podcast is your daily draft news and mock draft podcast. Follow Locked On NFL Draft and Draft Dudes on the Radio.com app or wherever you get your podcasts. Teddy Bridgewater. A couple weeks ago, Matt Rule, Carolina Panthers head coach, said, Teddy Bridgewater, that's our guy. He's our guy. I'm sure Teddy's going to have a tremendous offseason. He went out there and said, Teddy's his guy. And as we've seen in the past when it comes to the Carolina Panthers, when Matt Rule has said things about, I like this player, that player does not necessarily stick around long time. Um, remember last year, Cam Newton, the Panthers put out the article saying that Matt Rule looks forward to coaching Cam Newton. Matt Rule never got to coach Cam Newton. So when I heard that Teddy Bridgewater was his guy, I kind of heard a little dot, dot, dot for now. For now, Teddy Bridgewater was a Carolina Panthers guy. But now looking at things here on Monday, March 29th, the Carolina Panthers behind the eight ball and trying to get a quarterback after San Francisco made that trade on Friday with Miami to get to number three, likely taking either Justin Fields or Trey Lance and maybe Mac Jones off the board. Will the Carolina Panthers at number eight have an opportunity to draft a quarterback? I still believe that they will. I do not see a situation where both in the combination of these three that I've mentioned just there, because you, you take Lawrence goes number one to Jacksonville, number two, Zach Wilson, and in number three, it's either going to be Mac Jones or Justin Fields or Trey Lance. Of the two that are remaining there, I don't see a scenario where those two aren't still available at number eight for Carolina. So they could still have the opportunity to have a quarterback. But here's the thing. Would it really be the worst thing for the Carolina Panthers if they had to stick with Teddy Bridgewater in 2021? I personally do not think so. I know a lot of Panther fans out there are frustrated with Teddy and the way he played and the fact that the Panthers went 0 for 8 in game-winning or game-tying drives in the fourth quarter last season, and I get it. You don't think Teddy's clutch? He got to, he has to make a play. He has to find a way to go down there and win the game. I also add the fact that the offensive line really wasn't great, and it's still not very good. And do you really want to put a rookie quarterback behind this offensive line if the left side is Cam Irving and Pat Fline, who have flamed out where they played previously? I know that they look at Pat Eflin as a guy who potentially could take over for Matt Paradis at center. He was the Remington Trophy Award winner when he was at Ohio State for the top center in college football. But things not work out for him in Minnesota. Or Garrett Bradbury, 
Charlotte native. He's now the starting center there for the Minnesota Vikings. Was the first round pick out of North Carolina State. I, I just I don't know. I don't feel comfortable about that. So that's my thing. Would it be the worst thing in the worst scenario if you don't have a rookie quarterback behind? A bad offensive line is what it looks like. It still looks like this offensive line is going to struggle. Now we have to wait and see what happens with the draft. I just don't have a ton of confidence as I've looked at the move so far, outside of Taylor Moten being there at right tackle with a franchise tag, that the Carolina Panthers can be able to keep their quarterback upright. So I understand the angst and the frustration when it comes to Teddy Bridgewater. I just still would like to remind people that when he signed that contract last year, the deal was set up for him to be the starter quarterback in 2021 and 2021. That was never going to preclude the Panthers from drafting a quarterback this offseason. It was never going to do that. So even if they were, they do draft someone at eight, whether it's Lance Fields or Mac Jones, that guy is likely going to not start the season out as a number one quarterback. He's likely going to be QB2, and depending on how the season goes, could be the starter midway through or has to wait until 2022 where you really hope this roster is in a position both on the offensive side of the ball and defensive side of the ball to where they can actually finally compete in a division with Drew Brees now gone in New Orleans. And Tom Brady looked like he's going to be sticking around for Tampa Bay for at least another year past 2021. But what does Tom Brady look like? The Bucks have a great roster, but can they continue to keep all these guys on the roster and keep everyone happy well, with these one-year deals that they did this past season? And in Atlanta, Matt Ryan, what does he look like moving forward under Arthur Smith and that new regime? So I just feel like the Panthers have so many more needs outside of quarterback Offensive lines, when I brought up, a pass-catching tight end would be great. I, obviously not at eight. I would love Kyle Pitts. I just don't know that's the top need that they need for their offense right now and for the roster. Um, defensively, you still need a three-tech. And actually, Derek Brown, the cornerback position. Troy Pride came in last year. He was not ready to be a starting corner in this league. He had his moments, but he struggled largely. Stan Thomas Oliver, also not a guy I think is ready to be a starting quarterback in the league. And Dante Jackson... What's his future going to be past this season? Will he be extended? I don't know. So you're looking at where you need another starting corner. And you probably need another starting safety. I don't think Justin Burris is a long-term option in at safety next to Jeremy Chin. There are so many more needs for this Carolina Panthers team that I really don't think it's the worst thing in the world to stick with Teddy Bridgewater. And also for the people out there who thinks Teddy Bridgewater sucks, if he sucks as much as you think he is, then the Panthers will be back in the top 10 next year. And they'll have another opportunity to draft a quarterback. And I understand there's people out there like, oh, the quarterback draft next year is not going to be as good as the one that we have currently. Well, a couple of years ago, when you had Josh Allen and Baker Mayfield and Sam Darnold and Josh Rosen and Lamar Jackson coming out, that was a great quarterback class. Well, Darnold looks like he's out in New York. Rosen, I mean, that, that he's never going to be an, another a starter again in the NFL. Only three of the five guys even panned out. So we look at the guys this coming year, and we're going to go back to the same way it's done. Who's to say that the one that you draft is going to be the one that pans out? And last time, last year around this time, Zach Wilson was not on anyone's draft board to be number two overall quarterback. And he turned out to be that likely. So there's a quarterback out there in college who likely is going to emerge and could be the right guy. I don't buy into next year's quarterback class is not going to be as good as this year's because it's a crapshoot. And you have no idea who's actually going to be the right guy for the Carolina Panthers. So it will be interesting to see how things play out with Carolina and what they do with the draft coming up here. 
But I'm not going to sit here and say that the Teddy Bridgewater staying at Carolina as a starting quarterback is the worst possible thing. I think there's so many other needs, and Teddy is a serviceable quarterback. He might not be a franchise guy, but again, he is a first. He was a first round guy, so who's to say that your first round pick is going to be any better long term than Teddy Bridgewater? That wraps up this edition of the Locked On Panthers podcast. Make sure to check back tomorrow as we're going to get into more options for the Carolina Panthers, what they can do at eight. Does it make sense for this team long-term to go move back? Also, the NFL released their 17th game, the Houston Texans. Deshaun Watson still has his legal trouble going on. Is that still a scenario the Panthers could be looking at in training for Deshaun Watson? And how is that 17th game going to affect this team and the franchise moving forward to 2021 season? Again, thank you so much for listening to Locked On Panthers. Make sure to follow me on Twitter, at Julian Council. That's at Julian Council on Twitter. Have a great day. Talk to you tomorrow. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On Podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.